to chapter 16, and let's see about this church, if we could, for just a moment. Matthew chapter 16, I've entitled this message today, The Essential Church. Now, this wasn't on my agenda to preach. This wasn't a message that I brought with me. But just meeting with Pastor Schaefer, getting a little bit of his vision, knowing what's going on, I want to talk to you today about the essential church. Now in Matthew 16, something's happening in the, in the life of Christ and the disciples. Christ has been around now for about a year and a half in his earthly ministry. The word is out on this Jesus, this Yeshua. There is a lot of people humming and buzzing about this Jesus because of the miracles that he has done. Every once in a while, Jesus would take his disciples and they would go off for a little bit of, I wouldn't say R&R, a little bit of private instruction. In the very northeast corner of Israel, I've had the privilege to be there, there's a place called Caesarea Philippi. Now, there they worship all gods. And I think that's an important setting for what's going to happen. I believe right above the city is a huge mountain. And I believe that's where he took James, John, and Peter in the upper, uh, uh, in the transfiguration up to the mountain that was just above the city of Caesarea Philippi. All, there was all kinds of worship and all kinds of statues and everything in Caesarea Philippi. There was a beautiful stream. It was one of the headwaters of the, of the River Jordan started there as well. It's a quiet place. It's a remote place. And it was a good place to take the disciples for training and for the transfiguration. After about a year and a half into the earthly ministry of Christ, he takes them there. Look with me, if you would, at verse number 13. When Yeshua, Jesus, came into the coast, the borders of this town called Caesarea Philippi, this area, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Well, some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some Elias and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Now verse 15 is not our text today. But I do believe that verse 15 is the most important question in not only the entire Bible. I believe this is the most important question that you can ever ask mankind. Jesus, he saith unto them, but whom... Say ye that I am. Do you realize that Christianity is not a religion? Christianity is a relationship. Christianity is about a person named Christ. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Jesus said, I am the way. Not I know a way. I am the way. Jesus didn't say, I've discovered truth. He said, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Folks, do you understand that who Jesus Christ is depends upon everything? You know, Brother Shetler, Mormons believe what we believe about pro-life. Yeah. You know, Jehovah's Witnesses use the Bible. I know. But my friend, can I tell you this? 
if you're not right about Jesus, you're not right. It is Christ that is everything. If you're here today and you have never personally received Christ to yourself, you have never had a born-again experience. By the way, in order to get to heaven, you have to be born twice. I was born once physically, April 19th, 1999. And I was born 1957. Okay, that's a long time ago. And I was born spiritually. I happen to know my spiritual birthday, November 8th, 1969. Now, I want to tell you this. You may not remember the date that you got saved, but I will tell you, nobody goes to heaven without two birthdays. You've got to be born once physically, and you have to be born once spiritually. Disciples. But whom say ye that I am? Because the answer to that question will determine your eternal destination. You better know who Jesus is and you better have received him. You're here today. You're watching by way of live stream and you have never received Christ. It really doesn't matter anything else. That is the most important question that could ever be asked. It's not our text, but that's a good question. Look at verse 6. Now you just love Simon Peter. Simon Peter is either sticking his foot in his mouth or he's speaking with a silver tongue. I mean, Simon Peter is either, I mean, he's the home run hitter of the the Bible. He's either striking out or he's hitting it over the fence. Here, he knocks it out of the park. This is probably the home run of all home runs. However, you'll find out in just a minute, it isn't even Simon Peter that did this on his own. Only God can reveal this to you. But listen to verse 16. But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, hey, let's all give the answer that Peter gave. And Simon Peter answered and said, would you read the last part of the verse with me out loud together? Thou art the Christ the Son of the living God. That was a good answer. That's a good answer. You are Yeshua HaMashiach. You are Yeshua, Jesus, the Savior. And you are the Messiah. You are the Anointed One. You are God in the flesh. Now, what happens next And the statement that's happened next, again, is not our message, but woe is it important. This is so important to understand, folks, in your salvation. So he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Now listen to this. For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. You cannot come to Christ without a divine work of the Holy Spirit in your life. There is no way anyone will ever figure this out on their own. The Spirit of God has to work in an individual's heart and life. Now, I believe this very very importantly. Nobody came to Jesus on their own. Back in the 70s, some of you might remember, if you were here back in the 70s, remember these bumper stickers, I found it. I found it. It It was everywhere. It was, I found it. It was a religious movement on Jesus, you know, and it was kind of a, whatever it was, a campus crusade or whatever, but it was, I found it. Can I tell you this? 
First of all, it's not an it, it's a person. Number two, I didn't find it. He found me. He found me. Now you say, Brother Shallon, do you believe? Do you believe in this predestination? Well, of course, the Bible teaches predestination. But predestination isn't for salvation, it's for sanctification. Now listen, this is very important. He found me. I would have never come to Jesus had not the Holy Spirit come to me. But then we have a free will. And we can say no to the working of the Spirit of God in us, or we can say yes to the working of the Spirit of God in us. But my friend, I want to tell you something. I don't come to Jesus if Jesus doesn't reveal who he is to me. But once that's revealed, I can say no, I don't want it. Or I can say, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. He said to Peter, flesh and blood had not revealed this unto thee, my Father which is in heaven, and it was done by the Holy Spirit. Now we get to our text. Verse number 18. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this, everyone together, what's the next word? Upon this rock. Now, if I were to ask you, what is that rock? All of you would raise your hand and you say, that rock is Jesus. And you would be right. I'm thankful for the rock that we have in Christ. However, technically, technically, it's not Jesus. It's technically the statement Peter just said. Peter just said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And upon the statement you just said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, I will build my, everyone together, church. Okay, that was absolutely terrible. You came all the way here. Let's make it count. I will build my church. Hey, that sounded great. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And God's people said, amen. By the way, did you notice the gates of hell? Gates are always, are always like permanent. They're stationary. It isn't hell coming after us, folks. We ought to be going after hell. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And I got to read verse 19 because it's going to be part of the message. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Wait till we talk about that. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Father, may Eagle Heights realize that the church is absolutely imperative. Thank you, Lord, for government. Sometimes we get upset with it. But I thank you, Lord, that you created government to protect us, not to provide for us. I thank you for our government. I thank you for our president. I thank you, Lord, for America and the government that we have. Lord, it's been being abused and different things, but I'm still thankful for government. Father, I thank you for the family. I thank you, Lord, that you created the family. Marriage isn't something man created. You gave us the family. Thank you for the family. But this morning, at Eagle Heights Baptist Church, thank you. For the church. May we understand the church. 
May we understand what we're doing here. May we be totally committed to the church. Father, as much as government and family is important to you, you did not die for the government, nor did your son die for the family. Your son died for the church. And may we see the importance and the function of it today. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, the founder of the church. In Jesus' name we pray and God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's look at two things today. The promise and power given to the church. And then I want you to see the picture and the plan for the church. First of all, the promise and the power given to the church. This is a, a very interesting promise. The majority of promises in the Bible are not this, but there are some like this. Most of his covenant promises are this way, but notice what it says. I will build my church if they tithe. Is that what it says? I will build my church if they go out soul winning. Is that what it says? I will build my church if they pray. Is that what it says? Is there any condition to this promise? There is not. The building of the church is an unconditional promise. God's going to do it, friend. I will build my church. That is a promise given by God. Now listen, I think this is important that we understand that the creation of the church is all of God And the condition that he promises that he will build his church is of him as well. Pastor, I say this to you. I can sense already you feel very responsible. And I cannot, by the way, gang, can you imagine starting pastoring March 15th? Now think about that for just a minute. Okay, for me, that would, I would have died. I could not, I can't see the people, I can't preach to the people, I can't handle this, okay? I cannot think of a Sunday in human history that could have been worse to start as a pastor than March 15, 2020. That was like, you started, when he told me that, I said, March 13 was when we released all of our students. I said, that was like, that was like, that was the pandemic? I said, you started that? Yeah. That was just had to be really hard. I just like, whoa, at least you'll never forget it, okay? I know you've had a burden. I got a little bit of your pastor's vision last night. But you hear this. This church is not Pastor Schaefer. Nor is this church yours, Eagle Heights. This church is God's. And he gives an unconditional promise about that which is his. Do understand it's unconditional. But I want you to see the second thing. It's unbeatable. It's unbeatable. I like that. It's unbeatable. Just about like the Kansas City Chiefs were unbeatable. But they were beaten a couple times. But unbeatable. And you know why the church is unbeatable? Because of two things, guys. Here's our power. The promise is unconditional and the power is unbeatable. And it's unbeatable for two reasons. Number one, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is not in the tomb. He came. From the bosom of the Father to the bosom of a woman. He put on humanity that we would put on divinity. He became the Son of Man 
so that we could become the sons of God. He was born contrary to the laws of nature. He lived in obscurity. In boyhood, he puzzled the doctors. In manhood, he ruled the course of nature. Jesus never wrote a song. Yet he supplied the theme for more songs than all songwriters combined. Jesus never practiced medicine. Yet he healed more broken hearts than all the physicians together have healed broken bodies. Jesus never was a military general. Yet he boasts of the largest volunteer army the world has ever known. Great men have lived and died, but he lives forever. Go stand in the gateway of the city of the dead and call the name of famous people of past. Socrates! And a voice answers. Here. Present. Mohammed. Here. But go call the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And an angel answers. He is not here. He is risen. Herod could not kill him. Satan could not seduce him. And praise the Lord, the grave could not hold him. All have failed. But Jesus never. Folks, the foundation of our church is a risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And if he conquered death, he can handle anything that's going on in your life. Do you know what the power of the church is? Is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Never come to church on a Sunday morning that you do not thank God for a risen Savior. Because the reason why we meet on Sundays is because that's the morning that Christ rose from the dead. It is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You had a funeral yesterday. And I know there's sorrow. But we don't sorrow as those that have no hope. Because we know we're going to see him again because of that. Adriel's papa, grandparent, grandfather, passed away this past week. And Adriel cried. Well, I guess she doesn't believe in heaven. Oh, no, 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 stop. No, we sorrow, but we don't sorrow as those that have no hope. And I will tell you, no religion has what Christianity has at a gravesite. We have something that the world does not. We have a power. Our church is empowered by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hey, what powers Eagle Heights? A risen Savior. But actually, you got two power sources. I love that verse 19. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Brother Shelley, what's this is all about? Look at what it says. And whatsoever thou shalt loose uh, uh, on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Brother Scheller, what's this all about? Yeah, this is all about a thing called prayer. Do you realize the two power sources of the church? The resurrection of Jesus Christ and prayer. And I want to tell you something, Eagle Heights. 
You need to pray for your country, your city, your community, and your church like you've never prayed before. And what does Jesus say in this unconditional promise? That which is bound on earth by eagle heights will be bound in heaven. That which is loosed by eagle heights will be loosed in heaven. Brother Sean, I'm not sure I understand. Start claiming your neighborhood for Christ. I walked up, uh, you guys were very gracious to put up in a Hampton Inn. You might not know you did, but it's a beautiful Hampton Inn. And uh, it was over by Kohl's and TJ Maxx, and, and I went out for a walk. And I walked down the street, and I got into this neighborhood. And I'm telling you, that was a nice neighborhood. Whoa. Those homes were beautiful. And as I was walking, I said, dear God, every person in all these beautiful homes need Christ as their Savior. And you know what I did? I prayed. Lord, may Eagle Heights reach, I have no idea what neighborhood I was in, had a real nice gate on the front of it, copper something, I don't remember what it was, but I'm just telling you, it was beautiful neighborhood. And I claimed that neighborhood for Eagle Heights Baptist Church. I said, dear God, somebody get in this neighborhood and tell them about Jesus Christ. That which is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. We have a prayer. Prayer is powerful. We have the promise and the power of the church. It's unconditional. It's unbeatable. Number two, the picture and the plan for the church. Now notice what he says. I will, I need your help one more time. And you guys have done really good this morning. I will, everyone together, what's the next word? I will build. So we're talking about building. Now, God compares the church to three things. You guys know what they are. We're called the bride of Christ. We're called the body of Christ. And we are called the building of Christ. I want to talk about the building for the next couple moments. The building of Christ. Now, my brother was a builder. And he built all over Michigan. He's built all over. He's built everything from putt-putt golf courses to ski resorts. My brother's built many homes, and he's a builder. There's four things about a building. If you'd write notes, I'd write these down. Four parts of a building. Number one is the foundation. Whoa. Number two is the materials and resources. You can't build without materials and resources. You have to have a foundation. Number three, you have to have a blueprint. There has to be a what, a how, a when to build. There has to be a blueprint. And number four, there has to be a purpose for the building. There's a reason why the building exists. Let's talk about these extremely quickly. Would you take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And as you're turning, I'm going to go ahead and begin reading 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'm going to start at verse number 9. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Now here we go now into into the metaphor, the word picture. Ye are God's building. Now look at verse 10. 1 Corinthians 3.10 According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, that would be the church of Corinth there, we'll get to this in a moment, and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Now look at verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. Okay, so what's the foundation of Eagle Heights Baptist Church? The foundation of Eagle Heights Baptist Church 
is Jesus Christ. Okay, okay. Uh, amen, that's good, that sounds good. So what does that mean? Okay, so here's exactly what it means. We are not here. I'm not saying you can't have these. I don't know anything that's going on in this church, okay? But so what I'm about to say, pastor didn't say a word, so I don't know. We are not here to help people through cancer. Though we will help people through cancer. But having a cancer support group is not the common bond of this church. We will have a youth group. We will have teenagers. But you know what? The purpose of us meeting, when the teenagers are together, it isn't like, hey, we go to this church and it's the teen youth group. Okay, okay. It's the senior saints. Okay, you you can have senior saints. It's widows. Okay, we can minister to widows. But here's what I want you to say. It matters not the color of our skin. It matters not our education. It matters not our economic ability. Can I tell you what the common bond of Eagle Heights Baptist Church is? Jesus Christ. How many of you know Jesus? Would you raise your hand? How many of you know Jesus? What ties us together isn't, hey, we all live in Kansas. That isn't what ties us together. You can talk about the Jayhawks or the whatever Kansas State is, or I don't care. You can all be, hey, what brings us together is every Sunday, man, we get together for the Chiefs game. Okay, you know what? I don't have a problem with that. Watch the Chiefs game. But the common bond of this church is not the Kansas City Chiefs. The common bond of this church isn't we're teenagers. No, the common bond is Jesus Christ. So when we're together, we're over at people's house. We don't just talk about our little hobbies and our little little pleasures and our little things that we do. We talk about Jesus. Why is the church non-essential today? It's because we've forgotten our foundation. The foundation is Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, I got to tell you, Brother Scheller. I kind of want more of a church that's about the Holy Spirit. Oh, I want to talk about that. Let me tell you. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is never to bring attention to himself. Matter of fact, any church that emphasizes the Holy Spirit, mark it down, the Holy Spirit's not there. Because the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to exalt Jesus Christ. Because he is the foundation. So if you want the power of the Holy Spirit in your church, yeah, we're missing the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what? You've just indicted yourself. It's because you're not centering on Christ as your common bond. The foundation of the church is Jesus. Number two, what are the materials and the resources? That's you guys. That's you. You make up the building. So years ago, I went on a missions trip to a place called Saskatchewan, Canada. Anyone ever been to Saskatchewan before? Okay, we've got a few. All right, it's way up there. We went in June. I'll tell you what that means. There was like 20 hours of sunlight every day. And we built a church on an Indian reservation in Saskatchewan. And we had a great time. By the way, let me tell you someone that was in that group, a girl named Jennifer Tozer, Rich's sister, was in that group. She was married then. But uh, there, were, there were 18 of us, and two ladies cooked all day long for us, and 16 of us worked. And I got to tell you, now I'm not a builder. My brother was. I wasn't a builder. But I could carry, I could carry some, uh, some um, 
shingles, man. You give me, I can carry wood. I can, I can, you know, I can do this. You know, just tell me what to do. We had some construction people that knew what they were doing with electrical and plumbing and all of that. And in one week, we built a church. It was really cool. Not the building, not the people, you know. But it was one week, we got it up. I mean, we worked 16 hours a day. It was the coolest. And we had such, such a great spirit. The morning that we left, me and the contractor that worked with us from our church went back out to the site, and there it was. I mean, when we came, there was nothing there the week before, and it's done. It was so cool. And as we were walking around, I, I started picking up nails. I said, hey, Mark, you, you remember this nail and that job? He said, oh, yeah, yeah. And, oh, Mark, Mark, Mark. Look at this one. You remember this one on, on the roof? This was, yeah. I said, yeah. Well, I went around that job site, and I picked up all the nails that we had used, all the fasteners that we had used. Brother Scheller, you travel with this? Well, let me tell you, I put it in my suitcase, and I was wondering if I was going to use it all summer long. But I said, I'm going to use it this morning at Eagle Heights. You carry that around with you? Yeah, well, I took it out of my office. But these are the very, this was a piece of the molding that we used in Saskatchewan, and these are the fasteners that we used. Everyone had a different job. Some were in for the for the roof, and and then some were in, in certain two by fours, and then some was for the uh, for the drywall, and some was for the finishing. And but every one of these had a job, and together it held that church together. I want to share this with the Eagle Heights. The key to this church is not that man. The key to this church is you finding where you belong. And you getting fastened and faithful to what God's called you to. Every one of you got spiritual gifts. You know, we were talking about spiritual gifts this past week with the group. Not one of the group knew what their spiritual gift was. They kind of like, a couple of them kind of had an idea, but they didn't know what their spiritual gift was. That's sad. You ought to know what your spiritual gift is. Because you ought to be fastening onto the jobs that will go with that spiritual gift. Or you'll never have joy. Some of you, oh, he said, well, my spiritual gift is to tithe. No, 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 that's not a spiritual gift, okay? We all tithe, all right? Well, Brother Scheller, way, way back, you know, 20 years ago, I was really involved with Eagle Heights. Okay, well, this is now. So you need to be involved now in Eagle Heights. And you need to come together as a group. And you need to fasten together for the cause of Christ. Hey, let me tell you this. Every person in here. And this is why you cannot forsake the assembling one with another. we got to be together to be a church. Let me tell you what the materials and resources is, is you. Number three, the blueprint. That's God's word. Do it by the word of God. And number four, what is the purpose? Now, because of time, I won't have you turn to this. But I'm going to mention this passage. In John chapter 11... A very interesting passage. I'm going to spiritualize it, but this can be proven all the way through the scriptures. Jesus comes to the tomb of Lazarus. And everyone's crying, and and Jesus weeps there as well because of their unbelief. And Jesus is going to raise Lazarus from the dead. They don't have a clue. Martha and Mary and all of them, they don't have a clue. And he's going to raise them from the dead, but he does a couple things. What he does... Or shall I say, excuse me, what he asked the people to do at the, sto- at the grave is absolutely pivotal. And I want you to see this. He asked them, hey, 
men, men, come here. Move the stone out of the way. Now, why does he ask that? Because in a moment, he's going to raise a dead person to life. If you've got power to raise a dead person to life, do you have power to move a stone out of the way? Yeah. Okay, if you can move a stone, if you can, if you can rise a dead person, you can move a stone. But he invites them to be a part of the miracle. And this is so cool. He, they move the stone away to get a dead person to Jesus. Do you know what evangelism is? Evangelism is moving stones out of the way to get Jesus to dead people. That's what evangelism is. That's your job, Eagle Heights. But then something else happens. Lazarus is risen from the dead, and he comes out. He's all wrapped up, and he's coming out like this. Now, Jesus could have done one of these and could have had all of it laundered by the time it got to the ground, his, his, his wrappings. But he says to those around, hey, hey, guys, help him with his old garments. Help him with his dead linen. You know what that is? His former life. You know what this is? Discipleship. Discipleship is nothing else than helping someone take off their old life. Now hear this, Eagle Heights. This may be the most important statement of the whole message. The whole message. Why do you exist? For two reasons. You exist for two reasons, and pastor, I challenge you as the under-shepherd of this place that everything that ever happens in this building and with this body of believers happens for one of two reasons. Some way, if you have the Christian school, you don't have the Christian school. If you do this, you don't do it. Everything will filter through these two things. Number one, evangelism. Number two, discipleship. The reason why this church exists is either to bring people to Christ or help edify people after they're saved into the, into the walk with Jesus Christ. And God's people said, Amen. now you got to do it unified together. Justin, would you come on up here for a minute, Justin? I've never met you before, but I was told you're strong. I was told you're strong. Come on up here, Justin. You are strong. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> so, Justin, I got a little wood doll here. Okay? How old are you, Justin? 23. 23. What do you do now? I drive a truck. You drive a truck? You haven't picked the truck up or anything? Okay, all right. Here you go, Justin. I got a job for you. Justin, I want you to break that. You can break it on your leg. You can break it. Well, don't take it. I'll tell you when. Okay. I, do you think you can break that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many people believe Justin can break this? Okay. All right. Let's give him a three, two, one. Three, two, one, go. Whoa. Oh, Justin. He broke it. He shredded it. Wow. Justin, you are amazing. Got something else, Justin. Yeah, let's go. Justin, let me ask you something. Are you going to be able to do that? Oh, yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> if you do, you totally ruined my illustration, but I don't think you're going to, I don't think that's happening, Justin. I don't think that's happening. Yeah. One second. Okay. 
Yeah, that ain't happening, is it? Maybe right no, no, no. <laughs> Justin, I want to tell you a story. It's a legend. It's not Bible, okay? The legend says that when Jacob was about to die, he got all his sons together. And he said this, Justin. He said, boys, hey, Reuben, look at me. Naphtali, pay attention. Asher, listen up. Judah, alone, you aren't going to make it. But together, you can't be broken. You know what, Justin? This is your church. If you do it on your own, you ain't going to make it. You know what? You come to this church, you get unified, you have a common bond of Christ. You know what? Eagle Heights can't be broken because you're, you're together as one. Thank you. Give Justin a hand. Good job, Justin. Brother said, you carry this in your suitcase? too? No, no, a pastor got these for me yesterday, last night. I want to tell you something. Church, unify together for the cause of Christ in the name of Jesus because our country needs to know that church is essential, that Christ is our foundation, he is our savior, and together we unify as a body of believers. And I'm going to tell you something. All the dreams that you ever thought could, have ha- could happen at Eagle Heights Baptist can because this is God's church. And he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Thanks for coming to church today. Now let's start doing church. Let's evangelize and let's be disciples. So here's how we're going to end our service. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Let me ask a question again. I asked it earlier. Let me ask it again. How many of you have ever personally by faith alone, you may not remember what you said and you may not remember the date, but you have received Christ as your personal Savior and you know that you know that you know that you're on your way to heaven. If that's true, would you raise your hand all over and hold it up for just a moment? You're part of the church if you got your hand up. Praise God. Thank you. If you could not raise your hand, but you would say, Brother Shetler, I, I've known about Jesus. I come here. I, I, I've been taught about Jesus. But you know what? I have never personally received Christ. This morning, I'd like to trust Christ as my Savior. I will not embarrass you. I I really mean that. I will definitely pray for you. But would you admit, I have never received Christ. Jim, I need to do this. I need to trust Christ. I'm not coming to you. Nobody else is coming to you. You're not going to come forward. I'm not asking you. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I'm going to pray for you. Is there anyone here that would say, I need to receive Christ as my Savior? Would you quietly put your hand up? Is there anyone like that? Anyone at all? I'll wait just a minute. Okay. Everyone look up this way. As far as I know, maybe every one of you are believers. I'm not sure. But I'm going to ask Pastor, Pastor, you come right down here, if you would. Now, he didn't know I was going to do this at all. He is the under-shepherd. Okay, he is not the shepherd of this flock. That's Jesus Christ. But I got to tell you what you got to get unified, and you got to move forward for Christ. I'm going to ask you to do something with heads up and eyes open. 
Emily, you're at the piano. You're ready to go. And that's great because Emily's not a member of this church. So we don't have the piano player at the church. I'm going to ask you to do something. If you're ready to go forward as a church with the foundation being Jesus Christ, and you're ready to unify as one, and you're ready to put yourself behind and go forward for Christ for the sake of the essential church and stop all the games and pettiness and everything and say, hey, man, and Brother Schaefer, this isn't about you. This is about my Lord. But I got to tell you, I am ready to see our church for the cause of Christ do something in a great and mighty way. If you're watching by way of live stream, I want you to text your pastor and say, Pastor, I wasn't in the service today. And you know what? We're the reason why I'm not there. But I want you to know, Pastor, I am ready to move forward for the cause of Christ. You all, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And if you mean business and you're ready to unify, I want you to come up and grab Pastor's hand and say, Pastor, I'm ready to move forward for Christ as a unified body of believers. Let's go, Pastor. For the cause of Christ, let's reach this area. Let's reach Kansas City. Let's go, Pastor. And, and Pastor, I'm not going to be a hindrance. I'm going to be part of it. I'm not doing this alone on myself. I want to join together. I want to put my, he must increase and I must decrease. And the he is not Pastor Schaefer. The he is Jesus. But we got to unify. And you say, Pastor, more than anything else, let's get together as one and let's move forward for the cause of Christ. If that's your commitment and that's your desire, I'm going to ask you to come shake pastor's hand and then just maybe just kneel down and pray or just sit down and just have a word of prayer for your church. I'm ready to go forward. If that's your heart's desire and you want to see God work, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that this isn't going to be a show. I pray in Jesus' name we'd have some body of believers that would say, God, I am ready to go forward together as a church. And that we're not all splintered by ourselves, but unified together on a foundation that is unconditional. We are the material and the resources. We got the blueprint sitting on our laps. And God, we are ready to go forward for the cause of Christ. God, I pray that many, if not all, would make that decision and be unified today. And that which is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. So I pray for the cause of Christ, nothing to do with Brother Schaefer. For the cause of Christ, I pray they would be unified. We pray this in Jesus' name. If God spoke to your heart, would you come right now and tell your pastor, I'm ready to go. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. God bless you. God bless you.
uh, services and special times together as a church family. You know, I was thinking about it uh, even just a few minutes ago that the reality is we have gone through some challenges because of COVID, sure, uh, everybody has, but we've also had some incredible blessings because of COVID. Um, uh, We've gotten to see so many of our missionaries. We've gotten to see the Thomases um, recently, and we've heard some great messages, and the Lord's worked in our hearts. And uh, this morning,